This is so great preaching at this time because, well, here on the East Coast in the United States where, we're, where we have this live, it's the 9 o'clock hour, the 9 a.m. hour. It's the 3 o'clock hour is the hour of great mercy. The 9 a.m. hour is the hour of the Holy Spirit. Why is it the hour of the Holy Spirit? Because on Pentecost Sunday, they, the Gospel writers, Luke, says the exact time that the Holy Spirit came, 9 a.m. in the morning. And so the Holy Spirit came at 9 a.m. I, th- I was thinking, wow, isn't it great to have a 9 a.m. Mass on Pentecost? Maybe the Holy Ghost will come down and we'll all speak in tongues and prophesy right now. So isn't it great the Holy Spirit comes at 9 a.m.? The Holy Spirit came down so much upon the apostles and the disciples, the faithful women that were there, the women that were beneath the cross. Probably St. Mary Magdalene was there. We know the Blessed Mother was there. That came upon them so strong that they thought that they were drunk. And I've actually seen this in charismatic prayer groups or conferences where people get the drunkenness of the spirit, where they have all the symptoms of a drunk, but without a hangover. Isn't that great? You can get drunk in the spirit and not have a hangover and not have an addiction and not have to go to AA. See, that, that God gives us what we truly desire. So like if you're a person out there has a problem with drinking, drink of the Spirit. Drink of the Spirit. God wants to give you a drink. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill that emptiness maybe that you're trying to fill with alcohol or maybe some, some other pleasure or something. But God wants to give you to drink of the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit came as a strong driving wind. And as you know, when you walk outside, the wind, you don't know where it comes from. And yet a wind will come. It could be a gentle breeze. It could be a strong wind. It could be a hurricane or a typhoon. I was looking up on the Weather Channel, and there's a a super typhoon out in the Pacific right now. So the Holy Spirit can come. But we all receive that wind in a different way. Or if you think of the sunlight, the sun shines yet we all receive the rays of the sun in a different way. You think of rain that comes down upon the earth. And the rain comes, it's distributed, but it's distributed in a different way. Some soil receives more, some receives less. The rain is the same, but the soil is not the same. Another image that we could use is if you think of flour, It's just flour. It comes from different grains, or wheat, or barley, or whatever type of flour it may be. And the flour is just flour. What does the flour need to really make it into a loaf of bread? It needs moisture. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings moisture to the flour. Then the flour becomes one. It comes together. And then when there's yeast, it helps the flour to rise. The flour in itself can do nothing, cannot become bread without the moisture and the yeast helping it. 
So that's one lesson to learn in our spiritual life. We can't do anything without the grace of God. We cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. If you think you can, you know what's going to happen. You're going to fall flat on your face. And you know how I know this? Because it's happened to me. That's how I know it. You're going to fall flat on your face. You try to do it on your own. You try to do it your own way. You try to pray. You try to practice virtue. You're going to fall flat on your face without the grace of the Holy Spirit to help you. So the first lesson that we need to that we need to learn in the spiritual life is that we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not just extra. It's not just, well, I'll pray the Holy Spirit every now and then. No, we need the Holy Spirit every single day. We need the Holy Spirit to do any good action, any good work, any good ministry in the church. The Holy Spirit helps us in every single way or else we're just this dry flower that does not become a loaf and does not rise above this earth. That the world, the flesh, the devil keeps us down unless we have that moisture and that yeast helping us to rise up. So what are some of the things that the Holy Spirit can do for us? First of all, you're going to be maybe surprised at this one. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. So I say you're going to be surprised at that. We always think, oh, the Holy Spirit's so nice. And, but the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He's the spirit of truth. That's why even at the beginning of Lent on Ash Wednesday, there's prayers to the Holy Spirit at the beginning of Lent. What's that prayer? That prayer is a, is a prayer for the spirit of truth to enlighten our conscience, to illuminate our conscience as far as the gravity of sin in our life. So if you don't think that you have sin, ask for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but be ready. Be ready. Have a priest right by your side waiting to hear your confession. Because if you ask for the spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit to illuminate your conscience and you don't know your sins, he will convict you of your sins. It's not a bad thing. Don't think that of this as bad. Some people need to be convicted of their sins because we live in a world of materialism. We live in a world in which people think that there is no sin. As Pope Pius XII said in the 1950s, he said the problem with this generation is that there is no sense of sin. That people think that there's no sense of sin that's out there. You cannot, the Holy Spirit cannot use you unless you have that illumination of conscience and the spirit of truth. And you have to deal with sin in your life. That's what Lent is all about. It's dealing with sin. And we live in a very materialistic society that gets us to focus only on ourselves. St. Augustine had a great expression. He said that sometimes we have like this extreme love of self to the contempt of God. And what we should have is the love of God to the contempt of self. 
If you love God so much and you have that love of the Holy Spirit in your heart, then you're going to have this contempt of self. What do I mean by contempt of self? Meaning you're going to willing, you're going to be willing to give of yourself to others. You're not going to be overly focused on yourself. You have to, I mean, again, put this in context. You have to brush your teeth. You have to comb your hair. I'm not saying don't do that. And there's certain things that you have to take care of yourself. I'm talking about excess. Excess. And so the Holy Spirit gives us that love for God and wanting to give of ourselves. The problem in our generation, our time, is this excessive love of self. We're so focused on self, on ourselves, that we forget God and we forget others. Because, because we have this over excess focusing on the material and not focusing on the spiritual. And so the Holy Spirit wants to take us from the material to the spiritual, to the things that really matter, the things of the Spirit. And he does that by conviction. Now, lest we lose hope, as the Holy Spirit convicts us, the Holy Spirit is also the comforter. He comforts us. So he can convict us and comfort us with God's mercy at the same time. He's the spirit of truth, but he's the spirit of comfort also. So as he convicts us, he'll also lead us to divine mercy. That's why the end of the Lenten season leads us to the cross, to the blood of Jesus, where we receive forgiveness for our sins, then leads us to the resurrection, and what does the resurrection lead us to? Divine mercy. So it leads us to the mercy of God. So the Spirit is leading us to the mercy of God, not to despair, but to have trust, great trust in his mercy. And once we have that, then we can, then the Spirit of truth keeps coming upon us, but it helps us. Because then it helps us to be better. The reason for the spirit of truth is for the virtue of humility. You'll hear me preach about humility again and again and again. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep preaching about humility again and again and again and again until it gets through to us. Because humility is the first of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need humility. The only way that the Holy Spirit can use us with his charisms and his gifts to build up the church is if we're humble. If we're prideful, the Holy Spirit cannot use us. You see that? Why? Because if the Holy Spirit starts doing prophecy and miracles and healings through us and service and hospitality or, or catechism, you know, catechesis, teaching, we're all going to think it's, it's ourselves. We're all going to give the glory to ourselves and not to God. That's why the Holy Spirit has to humble us. That's why sometimes he allows us to fall into sin because he needs to humble us first before gracing us with his gifts. But when he humbles us, he comforts us also. He gives us his great comfort, great consolation. The Holy Spirit can enlighten our minds with the scripture. He can open up the scriptures to us. So how do we remember the words that Jesus speaks to us? Do you need to just go into the Bible and memorize every, 
Bible verse and where it's at. No, ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will remind you of all that I have taught you. That's what Jesus said. So he enlightens us. The Holy Spirit, when we feel cold in the spiritual life, he'll warm us with his rays. You know, he's the, he's the warmth of God. He's the touch of God. He'll touch us with his gentleness. We'll experience God with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is also our advocate. So we have an accuser that accuses us of our sins. You ever feel accused of your sins? I do. I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I do. I feel sometimes accused. The devil's accusing me of my sins. And you feel down when someone's accusing you and judging you. You Who wants to be judged of their sins? But the Holy Spirit's our advocate. He's like our lawyer who pleads for us, who, who advocates for us before Jesus, who gives it that good word for us. So does the Blessed Mother do that. That's why I always have a devotion to the Blessed Mother. She can be our advocate too. So you can have two lawyers. You know, if you're in court, why have one lawyer? Why not have two lawyers? But they're expensive lawyers. You have to pay them a lot. What do you have to pay the Blessed Mother? A lot of rosaries. That's her cost. So, but they're advocates. They're there to plead for us and to help us. So the Holy Spirit's our advocate. The Holy Spirit builds us up through his, what are called his sanctifying gifts. I always pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pray for the seven gifts. Pray for the four moral virtues to help you. Pray for the th- three theological virtues. Pray for any virtue that you need. How do you know what virtue that you need? Well, when you go to confession, the vices that you're, that you're confessing, then you need the opposite virtue. <laughs> That's how you know. So you just pray for it. You beg for it. And the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. It says in the Catechism, the Holy Spirit is the master of prayer. We're weak in prayer. We're distracted in prayer. Maybe we're thinking about other things. We can't focus. Maybe we come to church and we can't focus. Maybe you're not focusing right now. And so you have to pray the Holy Spirit to help you. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to hear your word. Help my heart to be open to your grace. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. That's why when the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles, he came down in the forms of tongues of fire. It's by our tongue that we pray, a vocal prayer. And so the Holy Spirit comes as tongues of fire, can set our tongues on fire. First of all, to praise God, because that's what the apostles were first doing. They were praising God. They were, they were praying to God. And others heard it, heard those prayers and praises in their own languages. That's what we call the gift of tongues. But also, you think of your tongue, and the tongue is an instrument. The tongue is an instrument to either curse or bless. The tongue is an instrument that can either tear down or build up. We can use our tongue 
to tear down people or to build up people. We can even use our tongue even to tear down ourselves or to build up ourselves. Why not ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, transform my tongue. Help me to build up, not to tear down. Use my tongue. Use my tongue to encourage others. Use me as your instrument. So you can give your tongue to the Holy Spirit. Just give your tongue to the Holy Spirit. It's very easy. It's just surrendering control to God and saying, God, here's my tongue. My God, you know my tongue gets me in trouble all the time. Are you that person? God, my tongue gets me in trouble all the time. Please help me. Give me a new tongue. Help me to uplift, upbuild. You know, to be your instrument of healing and hope to others. What else does the Holy Spirit do besides building ourselves up? The Holy Spirit helps to build up the church. How does he do that? Through his charisms through his charismatic gifts. There's literally hundreds of charismatic gifts. And you can pray for these gifts. You can ask for these gifts. They're distributed as the Holy Spirit wills in order to build up the church. And what church? Just your parish. The Holy Spirit wants to build up your parish with your parish priest there. That's why you have all different kinds of ministries in the parish. That's why you should always ask, what's my gift of the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit want to use me to build up the church in my parish? And the Holy Spirit will have all different types and kinds of gifts. You have to just pray for it. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your gifts. You'll know that you have a gift if you try something and maybe you fail at it and you say, nope, that's not my gift of the Holy Spirit. And then you do something else, and it, it just works, and it just, and you're like, yeah, that's my gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's by trial and error. Sometimes you just have to do something. And you see, okay, this is my gift of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit at the end of our lives, what does the Holy Spirit do for us? It says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwelt within Jesus. He was raised from the dead. And so St. Paul says, so if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and the spirit will raise your bodies from the dead also. Isn't that great? So if you have the Holy Spirit, he's going to raise you up on the last day. So how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the most simple way of receiving the Holy Spirit. You can pray to the Holy Spirit wherever you're at. You can pray it in the car. You can pray it at your home. You can pray it as you're walking the dog. You can pray the Holy Spirit wherever. I find that the Holy Spirit manifests himself even more powerfully when you're in a group. When you're together, say, in a, in a in a prayer group, praying and praying for the gifts. I just find that the Holy Spirit manifests himself more powerfully when you're in a group. And especially if there's someone that does laying on of hands, 
preferably a priest or a deacon, someone who's ordained, because you want to be careful. You don't just want anyone laying their hands on you. You want to be careful, discern. But if you have the laying on of hands, there's, there, there's a power, there, there, there's a grace that comes when you're in a group and the Holy Spirit manifests himself in a group. The Holy Spirit is here in the Mass. You ever think about that? The Holy Spirit is here in the Mass. We do what are called epiclesises through the Mass. And epiclesis means the invocation of the Holy Spirit. We already did it at the beginning of Mass. You know when we did it? When the, the priest says, the Lord be with you. He's invoking the Holy Spirit upon you. And then you say, and with your spirit. And you're invoking the Holy Spirit upon the priest, but it's different. You're saying, and with your spirit. Why are you saying that? Because a priest is ordained with the hierarchical gift of the Holy Spirit of ordination. So you're invoking the priest's gift of ordination that he receives from the Spirit. That's why you say, and with your spirit. And we do that throughout the Mass. You see that? You do that throughout the principal parts of the Mass, even be before I read the Gospel. I said, the Lord be with you. And you said, and with your spirit. We're invoking the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is invoked on the bread and the wine. And the bread and the wine is what we call transubstantiated into the body and blood of Christ. If the, if the priest is invoking the Holy Spirit on the gifts that become the body and blood of Christ, and then you're receiving that gift, what are you receiving? The Holy Spirit. Yes, you're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, but you're also receiving the Holy Spirit when you receive Holy Communion. Isn't that great? So that's why I say, you don't really need to do anything in Mass. Just show up. Just show up. And even those who are not able to participate in Mass who are watching us, even that spiritual communion, what's that spiritual communion? We're invoking the Holy Spirit upon you. We're invoking that grace of communion, of spiritual communion. Notice it's spiritual communion of God to be with you at that moment. So even just during the Mass, the sacraments receive the Holy Spirit. I could go into more, but it's getting too late for me to preach. All the sacraments have the Holy Spirit. So in, in our prayer, just what we do as Catholics, we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Invoke the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit will help you in every aspect of your life. Never let a day go by without praying to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will transform you. The Holy Spirit will enlighten you. And the Holy Spirit will sanctify you and prepare your soul for the kingdom of God. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. 
I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.